this is the last day of 2023. And of course, we've had our share of challenges. We've had, we've experienced some difficulties through the year. But we remain grateful because we know that our God is still in control. This particular week, we've had a lot of sicknesses, uh, infections, and we have a number of people that are at home today because they are unwell. Personally, I've been unwell since Wednesday. And I'm only here because I couldn't find someone else to do it. And so when you see me avoiding you, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. And as I was going through the scriptures and thinking about the year and the new year that is coming, I asked myself, what is it that we may need to hear today that can help us as we face the next day, the next month, the next year that God is giving us. And there are so many things that uh, we can think of. There are so many things that we can go for and help us prepare for this new year that God has given us. But when you look at the world and everything that is going on, we, we have countries that are unstable. There's a lot going on within right now. There's a, a lot of political intolerance, uh, religious uh, persecutions of some sort. We also have war in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia. We have war in the Middle East, Israel and Palestine. And there is a threat of a nuclear war, which is a possibility too. And so when you look at all of that, you are tempted to ask, do we have any hope? Can we approach 2024 with a renewed hope? Because we can also go to the new year with a lot of fear. And this is just in general sense. But when you come to your own life and think of the challenges that you may have experienced or the changes that you're experiencing in your life, your body, your marriage, and other relationships, your children, all the changes that are going on at work and at school, do you have any hope as you approach this new year? And so the Lord gave me this passage of Luke chapter 7, which I think can help us hold on to something that the Lord wants us to hold on to as we 
take that next step to 2024 and through 2024. If this was a commercial, a commercial for faith, you would see the centurion dressed in his army uniform commanding hundred, hundred soldiers. Soldiers that he is in charge of. Commanding them and they obey him. And then you would see this centurion running home because he's been told that his servant is sick. He finds his servant dying from COVID. He tries his best to help but he realizes there is nothing that he can do. And therefore he rushes to the synagogue, a synagogue that he built for the Jews. And he goes there to meet with the elders, to ask them maybe to come and pray for his servant. But the elders tell him that Jesus is in town. And therefore, instead of them coming to minister to the servant, they decide to go for Jesus. Because Jesus is able to heal. And because this centurion is a good man, he built a temple, a synagogue for them. So they go to Jesus and they plead with him on behalf of the centurion, telling Jesus, that his servant is sick. This centurion is different because he values his servant in a culture where servants are not valued. A servant is actually a slave in this culture. He can easily be replaced. And yet this centurion is so concerned about him. Jesus hears about it and he decides to come to the centurion's house so that he can minister to his servant. The centurion is told that Jesus is on the way coming to your house. You would expect that you would feel special and maybe start preparing for Jesus. You know, do something to receive him. You would expect that he would be Leaping with joy at the prospect of Jesus coming to his house. But he doesn't do that. Instead, he sends his servant to Jesus to stop him from coming to his house. He tells them, go and tell him not to come. He doesn't have to. Instead, he says to Jesus, I am not worthy for you to come to my house. See, this centurion looks at himself And he considers the knowledge that he has of Jesus and all the things that he's had 
Jesus does. And he sees his unworthiness. He sees his own insufficiency. He realizes that he is a sinner. And even though the elders go to Jesus and tell him that he deserves it, the centurion sends his servant to Jesus and says, I don't deserve it. You don't have to come. Just say the word. The centurion knows that Jesus is powerful. He understands how power and authority works. He knows that a word coming from someone in authority is a powerful word. He knows that because he is a commander of a hundred soldiers and he commands them, they listen to him and they do what he says because his word has power because he's a man with authority. And he understands something about the authority of Jesus Christ. He understands something about the word that comes from Jesus Christ. And he knows that no distance can stop that power. Just say I have had the privilege of officiating marriages here and elsewhere. And I'm always surprised when I tell people, I pronounce you husband and wife. You know what surprises me? Because they believe it. They believe it. Because I don't just tell them. I tell them with the authority that is given to me. By God and by the state of New Hampshire. And I can tell you the truth. If I called the same couple today and told them I lied to you, they will not believe me. Because they took that word with authority that it came with. The centurion understands that. And we are told when Jesus hears, when he hears his response from his servant, He's amazed, he's surprised, he is stunned. Jesus is amazed by the response of the centurion. And he says, I have never seen, not had, seen such great faith even in Israel. Jesus is telling us that there is 
a kind of faith that is visible. And the centurion, the centurion has that faith. I have never seen such faith. Other versions would say such great faith, even in Israel. Do you know what makes this faith great? Because the issue here is not the size of the faith. It's the genuineness of that faith. Jesus is not telling us here that you can have great faith or little faith or, or a medium faith. But he's saying when your faith is that genuine, then it deserves to be great. Because it's the kind of faith that delights God's heart. Faith is great when it submits to God's word. And this is what the centurion is doing here. Faith is great when it submits to God's word. Faith is great when it is focused on God's power. It is great when it submits to God's word. It is great when it is focused on God's power. We know Jesus also talked about little faith. When Peter tried to walk on the water and then he saw the wind and the waves and he became afraid and he started to sink. And Jesus, when he reached out to him, he said, You of little faith, why did you doubt? But the same Jesus also said, If you have faith as little as a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to move and it would obey you. So Jesus is saying that the presence of faith can do wonders in a believer's life. But sometimes when that faith is at its lowest moment, it can also make you fail when you doubt. Little faith focuses on what God can do. Great faith knows what God can do. Little faith will want to walk on the water to experience the wonders. Great faith wants to experience the Lord himself. Little faith is interested in signs and wonders. Great faith is interested in allowing God to increase. One focuses on works, the other one focuses on the power. The issue here is not the size of faith you're going to have, but whether that faith is going to be submissive to the Lord and his word. The other place that Jesus says that he sees 
we are told he, he sees the faith is in Mark chapter 2. When the four friends brought their friend to Jesus to the door. I'm telling you, if they had little faith, that would have been their end. They came to the door. They found the crowd. That would have been, they would have ended there. But because their faith was so submissive to Christ, they wanted to get their friend there. They went to the roof and opened the roof and lowered their friend to Jesus. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith. When he saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, my son, your sins are forgiven. And of course, later on, he healed him. These four friends could not go back home without seeing Jesus Christ. That's how committed they were. And Jesus saw their faith. And here he sees the faith of the centurion. Here is the message that I want you to take home. Faith prepares us to experience God's power. Faith prepares us to experience God's power. If you have faith in the Lord, submissive faith, faith that is able to trust that what the Lord says is what the Lord will do, that I can wait on the Lord because he is faithful. I can trust in the Lord even when it seems like I am losing, even when it seems like Everything is going against me. I can still trust on this God. God looks at you as his son, his daughter, and he is delighted by your trust in him. And God will not waste that kind of faith. God will not look down on someone who is fully submitted to him. D.L. Moody said, the world is yet to see what God can do through and with a person who is fully yielded to him. Because God does not ignore someone who is fully submitted to him. He does not ignore uh, that kind of faith. And if there is any challenge that I have to share with you this morning, is that you may re-examine your faith. Because some of us, our faith is not visible. In fact, Many Christians 
their faith is not busy. We believe that the Bible is the word of God. We even have a copy of the Bible. But we don't read it. We believe that God works through prayers. And that prayer is a powerful tool that the Lord has given us. But we only pray when it is a 911 situation. When it is an emergency. Now I was thinking about this and... Just ask yourself, when do you usually expect some attention from your pastor or from the church family? And when you think about it, usually it's when things are not going on well, either in your relationship, your health, when you lose a loved one, but not when they are going well. Not when you are celebrating your birthday with friends. Not when you are celebrating your anniversary. Not when you are having the best of your time. You, you don't need your pastor. You don't need your, your church family when things are going on well. And that, that kind of says something about how we treat and how we look at the Lord. Is he only important to us when things are not going well? Or is the Lord only important to us when someone is dying when I'm sick when I, I, I have seen prayer requests it's always something bad going on you will never at least I've never seen a prayer request for something that is going on well no one sends a prayer request and say pastor we are about to celebrate our 30th anniversary just pray for us so we may enjoy it Oh, the church family, pray for us. We are about to celebrate our birthday. Do we only need God when things are not going well? Is he our servant? Is he the Lord of all? Or just the Lord of some things. Our faith is not as visible as it should. We believe that the gospel is the power of salvation to everyone who believes. Yet we are silent. 
at work, at school, in colleges, and elsewhere. And I am saying this knowing that in some workplaces, we are not required to discuss our faith. But I also know that a Christian believes in a creative God. And if you can trust God and you genuinely want to glorify him where you work, God is able to give you ideas. He is able to give you ideas. If you trust God at school and you genuinely want him to be glorified, God is able to give you ideas to do that. And it is my hope and prayer that as we examine ourselves this new year will be different. We will take that one step that allows God to use us. We will take that one step of faith that prepares us to experience the power of God. Now I know that we make resolutions every year and of course we don't follow them. Many of us don't. I have seen it uh, the first month when you go to any gym in January it's usually full. A lot of excitement the next two months, it's back to normal. Because we are so impatient. Because we are used to getting quick results. And we want to try, if it's not working, I'm not ready to wait. That's not the characteristic of a Christian. A Christian has the Holy Spirit and the one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is patience. One of the elements of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is patience. That means you understand that God works not in your time, but in his time. That means you understand that God does not adjust to you. You are the one that adjusts to God. And that, my friends, is faith. It is the kind of faith that prepares us to experience 
when we just realize that God wants us to hear his voice in his word. And he wants us to submit to that word. That God answers our prayers according to our faith in his word. And that that faith submits to that word. And so my encouragement to each one of us today. Take that word that you have. The word of God that is available to you and for you. Because that's where you find your strength. That's where you find your identity as a child of God. Everything you know about God comes from his word before you start experiencing it. Take that word of God. Look at yourself through it. And make a commitment that you're going to trust in the Lord and the promises of his word. Make a commitment that you are going to trust the Lord to help you to live and move according to his word. Make a commitment that you are going to relate with others according to the word of God. Not according to experience, not according to how you feel or according to how they feel, but according to what the Lord says. Because his word has power and that power transforms us. And Christians are missing that because we've put God's word aside. The Bible says everything shall pass away. Isaiah 40 verse 8 tells us the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. And it is only those who stand with the word that will remain standing. And so with all that 2024 may bring, a child of God should have all the confidence to face the new year because you have the word of God, the most powerful word of God. We have nothing to fear, brothers and sisters. God is so powerful that he can make everything that we face tremble. And my encouragement to you is take that word to heart. Now the reason we say here that since the Bible is the word of God and that everyone who believes it Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, sorry, everyone that has submitted to Christ is a child of God, then the Bible is God's word for us. We say that because we mean it. And we say to remind ourselves that God was thinking about us 
when he was giving out his words. He was thinking about you. He was thinking of you. And that is the faith we need as we take the next step to the next year. Because faith prepares us to experience the power of God. And when we pray for one another, one of the things maybe we just need to pray for is that God may strengthen our faith in his word. Father, I thank you and I bless you. I thank you, Lord, that we, we can turn to you this morning. Thank you that we can look forward to the next year with hope. And all the plans that we have, we commit them to you. Because we know, Lord, without you, we can do nothing. We pray, Father, that you may cast away all the fears, all the evil thoughts that the enemy brings to your people. That, Father, you cast away all the intimidations and all the unworthiness that the enemy brings to your people. The low self-esteem, depression, and all the stress and everything that makes your people unstable. That, Lord, your children will not look for their identity in this world, but they may look for their identity in you and in your word. That, Father, all the relationships that have been going through difficulties may find their healing as your people adjust to you. The Lord, we may not carry over the baggage that we've had in 2023, but Lord, we may cast all the bitterness, all the rage, the unforgiveness, all the vengeance, that we may cast it to you, Lord, so that we may experience your peace, your freedom, your joy as we face this new year that you have given us. Give us the faith, Lord, to trust in you. Give us the faith to submit to your word. Give us the faith to wait on you, even as we pray for our siblings, for our children, for our grandchildren. Give us the faith to know that you will answer, you will respond according to the faith that we have in your word. Help us, Father, to walk in this path of righteousness for your name's sake. And when we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death, 
Remind us, Lord, that you are walking with us so that we may continue to experience the confidence that comes with your presence in our lives. And as a church, we pray that you use us, Lord, to have an impact in this community. That you may use each one of us, the greatest and the least of us, to glorify you. And that one, that one person, Lord, that has been inactive this year, we pray that you may revive that heart. So that as, as a church we may experience your joy. As a church we may express your power. And as a church we may glorify you, Lord. Because you've put us here for a, for a reason. Use us, Father, in our families. Use us at work. Use us, Lord, at school. Give us the courage that we need, Lord, not to walk in fear, to know that everywhere you, we go, Lord, you have gone before us. And we know that even before we face 2024, you have already faced it. You are already there. Just give us the faith to experience you in a fresh way. And for those of us, Father, that have been entangled in the waves of sin this year, May you, Lord, set us free. May you give us the faith that we need to repent, to turn away and desire to please you, a desire to walk with you this new year. May you set us free, Lord, from sins like pornography that are capturing the minds of your people and destroying relationships. May you set us free from the sins of unforgiveness that are denying your people the peace and the joy that you want them to have. May you set us free, Lord, from the sins of pride that makes us think that we are better than others and that makes us look down upon others who may not be like us. May you, Father, set us free from the sins that deny us the faith that you want us to have in you so that in you, Lord, you may have the preeminence so that you may be glorified and so that in all our lives we may be able to say with one voice 
and the faith that we have in your word that you may increase and that we may decrease in Jesus' name. Amen.